Our life together is so precious Together we have grown We have grown Although our love is still special Let's take a chance and fly away Somewhere alone. It's been too long since we took the time. No one's to blame. My no time flies so quickly. Jay Jovi. Sammy Hard on. This is the 80s montage, guys. Lovely to have you back. Hope you enjoyed our Eddie Van Halen tribute last week. Absolutely. It's a fucking ripper, you know? If you're gonna sort of pay tribute to somebody, you might get an might as well get an expert on board. Zachy was great. Yeah, wonderful. Good on you guys. We were thinking a lot about. Eddie's death and what a massive event it was. Yeah. And it led us to think, what about we do an episode about events, events in the 80s? Absolutely. That's what what we're going to talk about tonight. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And we're laughing because we already tried it and Sammy didn't press the computer fucking on properly. We're already having a good old fucking laugh and a chat. Yeah, Getting so pissed and then... We're warmed up. <laughs> we realised that uh, somebody didn't press record and that's fine, you know, shit happens. Um, and so ironically, we've started the show again. We realised <laughs> that the opening song was starting over. Just like so, starting over. Yeah. John Lennon is talking to us from the he grave. Is. I think He's that's incredible. Bitches, start again. Oh. I love a bit of our irony. He must have been getting bored or something. I don't know. From from up on high. Huh? Do you often think people can do shit like that? Like just zoom in on anyone? <sighs> I don't know Wouldn't what to fun? think anymore. I'm, you know? I'm living in 220, uh, 2020. I'm fucking cynical. I'm just happy to get out of jail, you know, any in, in the, within the next couple of weeks, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, wow. What do you do? So we can come over and have a big party. Absolutely. So we played Just Like Starting Over, John Lennon, because that was just released before the death or the murder, I should yes. say. Yes. Yeah, the murder. Uh, so John, very tragically, John was a hero of mine. Um, I don't remember this because I would have been like fucking two years old. It happened on 8th of December 1980. I, I was saying to Sammy before, the first time we recorded this yeah. episode, that, <laughs> that a lot of shit happened at the beginning of the 80s. A Dude. lot of the events that we've sort of come up with are in that early couple of years, 1980, 1981. A lot yes. of shit happened. It was a big turning point. The world was changing. 
And for me that was a perfect age because I think 10 and 11 is where you really start soaking shit in. Yeah, yeah. You really start. Like I, I you know, when even when I teach singing, the 10 or 11-year-olds, they just go, Woof, they're just like sponges, you know. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, I've started teaching – Drama lessons again today. Mm, it was my first wow. was my first sort of live classes back, and um, yeah, it was pretty fucking weird. I tell you, it's um, yeah. I just at the end of the day teaching drama, I just like pull scripts out from movies that they love and get them to sort of reenact it, and they fucking love it. Oh, they would absolutely because yeah. they they don't they kids are using their imagination for the first time. Some of them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and and they want to do like and they understand like concepts and ideas and stuff at at sort of that age that you're talking about as well, like 11 and 12 and stuff. I also sort of like had a had a year 2 class and they they're fucking flat out reading the fucking script, you know. So um I do prefer when they're yeah, you know, 10 11, that's a beautiful age for a kid, isn't it? Incredible age. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you you have a very profound memory of John's death, don't you? Yeah, well, I was 10. But yeah. we – Dad had brought just like starting over on 7-inch. I remember going to Brushes in Southlands and getting that and <laughs> he flogged it to death. So then I think it was a month later maybe or something like that or close to the end of the year, he died, he got murdered. And I remember John my did, dad, not Sammy's dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. John, that's right. Not John uh, Lennon. So he picked me up from the station because it was. I was at that time where I was sort of going to Chadston on my own. No, maybe I wasn't. That that was way too young. Now, had the car been stolen by this stage? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We were still in the white Commodore. Okay. Oh, sorry, so- white Cortina. Oh. White Cortina station wagon. So this was our first one. Hot. So he picked me up and he was crying and I'm like, shit, what's happened? And and then I heard it on the radio that John had died. And then uh. every time this song was played, it just reminded you he's not here anymore. And it yeah. was almost like, you know when David Bowie died and he had this album ready to go, it yeah. was like he had this album ready to go but he didn't actually know it, you know, because he was murdered. Yeah. It was a di- yeah. different situation. And Double Fantasy was a huge album. Like everyone had it. That's right. That's right. And actually the man who shot John, Mark David Chapman, had a copy of it uh, either in his bag or in his hand. He had it on his person um, because John had signed it, had autographed it for him earlier in the day. So this yeah. this um, this nutter Mark David Chapman had, you know, been out the front of John and Yoko's apartments, which was called the Dakota in the Upper West Side of New York, uh, right next to Central Park. So he'd been like camping out and shit. John had come out and done the right thing and, you know, I think he even got a photo with him. There's a photo of Mark, Mark, uh, David Chapman and and Lennon and uh, signed his album and um, John went out. He did a couple of things that day. He did a he did a little photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz. He did that iconic. Um, no, he had just done. He had just done the photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz. 
um, where John is naked and he's like wrapped around Yoko and he's Yoko. kissing her. You know that one? The on the bed, um, yeah. Yeah, and that made it to the front cover of Rolling Stone. I think January it was released. John was gunned down in December. So it would have been – that would have been like the image – I guess really attached to John's death, you know, like on the day shot right before, um, you know, photographed right before he was tragically shot down. So there you go. So John had gone out and he had recorded during the day. He was still recording and he was returning home when this loony uh, Mark David Chapman shot him, I think four or five times. Very, very sad. And also the guy, I think he might have met John a couple of times before he actually shot him because he attempted and sort of missed the first couple of times and, yeah. you know, John snuck in and then he was just sussing the whole thing out. But the thing that I can't believe is that he told his wife because this guy had a wife, Gloria, and said I brought a gun to shoot John Lennon and the wife just went, oh, no, you can't do that. I just think she should have been a bit quicker on her feet. See, who knows? She was probably – she could have been scared that he was going to fucking shoot her. Like, jeez. You know, I don't know. I grew up with a loony dad and he used to say fucking all kinds of fucking crazy things. So who who knows, you know, like um, it, it. he probably said shit like that all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. And he he grew up in a very violent family. Like his dad would beat his mother. Uh, this is uh, not John. This is Mark. And yeah. so he wanted to be a hero and he was his mother's hero because he used to stand up for her. But he used to th- think, I think it was, was it John? Because John said he, the Beatles were bigger than Jesus Christ or something that he got upset because he was he, quite religious. He had said that years before. Um, I think when he was in the Beatles uh, and he said something like to the – and he, but he was saying to the kid, he was saying from the kid's perspective, he wasn't saying that they were bigger than Jesus. He was saying yeah. – this is the popular misconception. He was saying to the kids – the Beatles were bigger than Jesus, you know, like yeah. like from the from the kid, you know that that's the kind of that's the kind of kind of um, fame that they, they were experiencing. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I mean they were. The kids were going fucking mental. Like you look they at were, yeah. you look at like Beatlemania, and and I guess he was saying that kind of that kind of following that they had. That's what Jesus had, you know. Like it was yeah. that level of. That level of mania, so yeah, but a lot of a lot of people were very offended by that. Yeah, really, because yeah, he yeah. was schizophrenic, this dude Mark, and I apparently he used to hear voices in his head, and he was he thought he was telepathic, and he could send messages to John Lennon and all this stuff. I had to listen to a podcast today, and it was really interesting, but I just think it could have been. I mean, it's too late now, but. It was just so tragic because if, if anyone was to get shot, I wouldn't have thought John Lennon. Yeah, at that like time. you think you think like who deserves it sort of least, don't you? It's like really, really tra- tragic. Shot dead on the street in front of his apartment. Fucking awful. And it was the first time I looked at fame and when it doesn't protect you like I thought it would. 
That was the yeah. first thing I remember. Is, yeah. Oh my God! If you're famous, you can still be hurt, or yeah. you you, you yeah. can still starve. You can still whatever. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Like, I mean, um, yeah. You look at shootings generally in America. It's it's very very sad. Obviously, they weren't sort of suffering kind of mass shootings like they do today, but. Um, yeah, really, really awful, really terrible. Yeah, yeah. But this song, the song "Starting Over," was a massive hit throughout the eighties. I mm. remember them playing it, playing it at my brother's wedding in nineteen eighty seven. Right. So a yeah. good, you know, and it was a big cover band staple, I believe. Maybe. I think I was too young to know that. I don't, you know, cover yeah. bands weren't really big though then, babe. Well, it was wedding more band. Original, we, yeah, well, wedding, even wedding bands, wedding bands. Wedding bands in 81 weren't around. People didn't. No, people baby, just, 87. Oh, 87. Yeah, no, 87 I never played it. Mate, where was it, Queensland? Yeah. Yeah, it might have been in Queensland. Yeah. Might yeah. have been. It's a good song though, but it's not an e- I don't think it would be an easy one to play. I remember that night I would have been like 10 or 11 at my brother's wedding and I went up to the band and I requested, it was 1987, I requested Don't Dream It's Over by... by um, Crowded House. Crowded House. And she like she like went, um, oh no, sorry, we don't play rock and roll. <laughs> I remember yeah, so yeah, clearly, yeah. and I was a little kid, and I was like, oh, you stupid! Like in my head, sure I'm like, it wasn't oh, me at good, the fucking wedding. Good one, you stupid bitch! It's an awesome song. Like you're lost. We don't yeah. play rock and roll, and it's fucking don't dream it's over by Crowded House. What were they playing? Do you remember? Because it would have been under the boardwalk and shit like Mate, that. Maybe they were playing like fucking walk like an Egyptian. Oh they were playing, wow! Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. It's like well, it's like well, you do fucking play rock and roll, bitch. That was like, the well, biggest <laughs> song ever. I know, I know. Stupid mole. <laughs> I don't know what we would. I don't know what we say when people request songs from us, but we don't. Say I've that said shit. that. I've said we don't do rock and roll, but I actually mean like Chuck Berry and shit. Oh, like if yeah, I, go, right, I don't right. do six. You know, but she just would have been. She I was a know. pommy. She was a wedding pummy. singers are very weird. They're very. They're still chasing yeah. their fame. Yeah, I remember she. They were playing "Thunder" by Fleetwood Mac. And you know the bit where it goes, you know, was you know, was she had? You know, it does that. She does that high note. I remember she couldn't hit the high note, oh. and I was just like, I was just like, Jesus, she's fucking awful. Oh no! As a little kid, I knew back then. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we've been to uh, a couple of gigs where we've said hit that high note. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have. It's yeah. like fucking get the high note, especially with Unchained Melody. It seems to be yeah. a problem. Yeah, they, they skirt around it, don't they? They're a bit scared <laughs> of that high They're a bit scared of that high note. <laughs> but, you know, I'll give, it to, I'll give it to John Lennon. He really pushed his relationship onto the world, you know, the whole uh, Asian-American relationship and we all lived it. 
He was completely in love. Like he was in, he was completely in love with her. He was in love with the idea of them. You, you know, yeah. the whole thing, the whole he was he was obsessed by their relationship. You know, pretty full on. They were See, either going to be together forever or going to have a really, really horrible breakup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. You can hear that. You know, in some couples. Yeah, yeah. I've got and all her records. I loved her. Oh, really? Yoko? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've okay. Got, I've got the Yoko Ono's. My favourite track is Walking on Thin Ice, which is because right. on the B-sides to all the John Lennon singles, you'd, yep. you'd flip them over and I was about 11 and I'd hear Yoko Ono going, water, water, give me what, water, with a bit of music <laughs> in the background. And I used to fucking love it. You know? Oh, how exciting. Were you excited? I loved it. She, I, yeah, I was like, what is this shit? Like, <sighs> this isn't fucking crazy I want to hang out with. Or so like when, experimental. Well, it was just Yoko screaming and, and mm. going, saying nothing but saying all this stuff. But on the B-sides, he always stuck around the B-sides. And I don't think Water was on the B-sides of just like starting over. But it was just... Really warped shit and I used to make dance routines up to it and my dad would go, what are you listening to, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was a bit trippy. I loved it. <laughs> People really don't like her because she's just a screamer and a fucking tripper. Uh, they blame her for, like, breaking the Beatles up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually enjoyed her. I thought she was great. Right, okay. What the, what the. Rada, rada. And then, you know, Double Fantasy was just a beautiful record. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, beautiful fantastic. boy. Love oh, it. Oh, very good. But he's, he's gone. All right. Well, let's keep moving. M- Mika and I did visit the uh, John Lennon Memorial in Central Park when we were in New York a couple of years ago. It's called Strawberry Fields and it's uh, you can actually see the building, Dakota, where they lived from the memorial. And it says something like Strawberry Fields Forever or something. And you, you'll go, uh, you know, for, for any, any day since there will be flowers – sitting on uh, that memorial. So, you know, people still remember John and still pay tribute to him, uh, which is really beautiful. And I did as well. I felt I felt lovely about that. Uh, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do and I did it. Yeah, absolutely. That's lovely. what living's for. Yeah, exactly. Get out there, guys. When you when we <laughs> When we can go back to America in five years, make sure That's that right. you go to the memorial. <laughs> Good I, I won't. I won't be going back to America unless something changes drastically. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do love the USA. I really love the USA. I love love holidaying there, mm. but it's going to be a while for us. I think it will it's be. be a while for us. Yes, bloody we'll, will be. It'll be Fiji and New Zealand if we're lucky. <laughs> Which I'm not complaining about at all. Uh, let's keep moving, mate. Let's keep yeah. moving. Lots of stuff happened in the early 80s. Lots of stuff happened. Um, but I am going to flick my penis. No, I am going to I was going to gonna flick... say your dick. <laughs> I'm going to flick, flick your slightly dick. ahead into the 80s, uh, into 1986. Ooh. Haley's Comet. Do you remember Haley's Comet? 
Yeah. All right. So, so um, um, <laughs> Haley's Comet came along every 75 years, I believe. Some shit like that. So, you know, people were going out in droves to watch this comet because, um, um, you know, it wasn't going to happen until sort of far into the future. And, you know, once in a lifetime it was really. And I remember we had dri- – mum and dad and I had driven south to visit my brother who lived in Mackay because we were sort of from the Cairns region, you know. So far north Queensland to central Queensland basically. And – it was a cloudy night. It was sort of mottled, you know, cloud was coming in. And so mum and dad branched off in one car to see if they could watch it. And I was in my brother's bottle green Celica. And we drove to a separate area to go and see the comet. And I remember we we did get a very quick glimpse of it. We got a very quick glimpse of it as the cloud sort of moved across. And that was it. That was it. Wow. Yeah, but that was a really special time for me because it was the first time I got to drive with my brother on my own because he was 15 years older than me, yeah? So we were in his car together and no mum and dad, you know? Like it's a really sort of special – it's a special kind of event when you – you get to sort of drive off with your brother or sister and mum and dad aren't there, yeah? Did he smoke? He didn't, no. no, None of the boys um, smoked that we know of. Fuck, I used to get sick of the cigarette smoke when your auntie used to pick you up and she'd have a dart and, oh, every morning, you name it. All the grandparents smoked and it was disgusting and, yeah, (laughs) so, yeah, yeah. But um, I remember the way his car smelled, you know, like I remember how it fucking smelled and I remember the song playing on the radio which was Walking on the Moon by the Police. Wow. And it's still my favourite song to this day for that reason. Yeah. And you were going that, to see Haley's Comet. Well, who knows? They were pl- probably, you know, they were probably playing it on one hand because it was a huge hit but also because it, like, had a space reference and everybody was out oh, watching course. Haley's Comet, you know. Yeah, of course. Things like that they do on the radio at the time. So there you go, Haley's Comet. Must have been bigger for you guys than us in Melbourne. I might have been at that age where I was at a rehearsal or something. I have no idea. I do remember it but I wasn't that excited about it. Well, yeah, mate. You know, like it was Queensland at the end of the day. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. but I remember everyone being out on the beach and, and watching it on the beach. Yeah, it was like wow. a big deal. Because they'd, they'd sort of whipped it up on the news and everything, you know. They don't sort yeah. of do that anymore with, with like no. astrological shit. There's comets all the time. But, um, yeah, Haley's Comet once every 75 years or 76 years and I saw it? it. Wow, there you go. Well, yeah. at least it was more fucking a uh, little bit better than watching the space shuttle. Yes, yes, it was a little bit more positive. Yeah, I can't remember what time, what part of the year Haley's comet even happened. Um, it I, it was in winter in a Queensland winter, but I can't remember if Challenger had. Well, Challenger happened in January, so so obviously Challenger had happened. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but I'll have to check the dates on that. We're we're um we're uh, going to be all over the place with dates tonight because Nutty Maddie's uh, not in the booth. Is he in the booth now? Nah, he's getting ready to go go. He got fucked off from the from the I earlier um, technical problem, and he's he's. He's abandoned us, the bastard. Yeah, we went into this whole conversation about your brother's smell in the car and all well, that. Well, we bizarre. were talking about footy. Yeah. So at least we get to use all that material later because we've decided that we're going to have a footy in the 80s episode. Footy in I, the 80s. I learnt a few things about our semi hard on in terms of footy and you'll be very excited when you hear it on our Incoming and we should we should definitely keep yeah we'll we'll keep that for the next episode the when we do it yeah Maddie will Maddie will be fucking sick he'll he'll hate us for doing it but um I will love be, it and could you be our will biggest show absolutely yeah I would could, definitely could have love a whole it. new audience that's it so what did we do after Haley's comet oh, oh well, I we, know you know oh do you go ahead. Was it the Charles and Die wedding? It was the Charles and Die wedding, which happened in 1981, July 29, 1981. Beautiful. And, and you, you watched you it said, today, didn't you? I watched it today. Just it was. It had no commentary, though. It was one of those videos that obviously was stock footage, and right. there was no commentary, like for when they filmed it for the news. Yep. She didn't look happy. She looked very like he can't get it up, you know. It was a bit. She didn't look happy. He didn't look happy. He looked fucking devastated. I don't know what it was, but I I was watching them out front of uh, on the, you know, out in the balcony and I just saw the Queen's mother was a real standoff, very standoffish with her. And she wasn't giving Charles the time of day. It was really interesting, even when they went into the carriage. So I was kind of like, what's going on here? This was just, you know, going downhill very quickly. You've got to watch The Crown to sort of, you know, that series, The Crown, to get all the ins and outs. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I will do that. very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, so am I kind of right in saying that? That what I yes, yes. Really? Because I mean, I mean, Charles was in love with Camilla from early, early days, and um, they, they just Camilla was a bit of a party girl when she was really young, and this is before she was married. This is before any affairs or anything were happening. Um, but I think she was, I think she was like being courted by Andrew Parker Bowles, who would go on to be her husband. But for whatever reason, she was a bit of a party girl. She was a bit strong-minded or something, and the establishment thought that she would would not be uh, queen material. So they all got in, and I'm talking about the queen and the queen mother and fucking everyone, Philip and everyone, and they all made, they all had a meeting about it. And they all decided that Camilla was not right for Charles. And so they sort of conspired to make sure that um, uh, Andrew Parker Bowles married Camilla before Charles got a a chance to ask her. Jesus. It's fucked up, mate. They were in love. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That used to happen a lot in the 80s. 
couldn't Absolutely. really pick your part. Your parents would get involved big time. Oh, gee, mate. All the if, time. If you're Greek, they still do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's another I story. Love it. So I was talking about the Queen Mother was in this video and she sort of, oh, this thing I said, she walked in like she fucking had a fag in her hand and looked at everyone and gave them a greasy and walked into the fucking church like, you know, she was the one that used to get pissed and smashed. Yeah, and, and she, smoke. Fa- fag in her hand, she means a cigarette, not a homosexual. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I don't do write mean in. a cigarette. <laughs> don't, I don't write in. I don't know if the Queen ever would have had a homosexual in her hand apart from when she was uh, cradling uh, Prince Edward, the young youngest one. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> if, if you believe the rumours, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I have uh, a very fond memory of the Charles and Di wedding because it was the year that we bought as a family a colour TV. Woohoo! And I don't think uh, it was to watch the Charles and Diana wedding. I, knowing my family, I'd, I really don't think they would have cared. But um, it just so happened that I, you know, I have very vivid memories of watching that wedding in colour. And I still remember our black and white TV because I think it got sort of relegated to my brother's room. And so I would go and mum and dad would be fucking, I don't know, watching the news or fucking whatever else on the colour TV in the lounge room and I would go and watch Kenny Everett and that kind of shit on yeah. the on the black and white in my brother's room because they would be watching it, you know. I'd yeah, go and watch all sure. the naughty I'd go and watch all the naughty shit on their TV. TVs were quite dangerous in the eighties. They used well, yeah. to catch on fire. A yes. lot. <laughs> yes, they did. And on certain New Year's as well. That's Remember? right. We did <laughs> catch it. We did have a TV on fire. They but did. I remember my uncle, who's not alive anymore, there was a fire at his house and he had his TV on at the wall and it was switched off but it caught on fire. And they used to give out this horrible fuming thing or gas or something and <laughs> then the whole thing would explode. Well, they get very hot. They get very fucking hot. Well, and this they, one um, really did. Our, our family, well, yes. Did the house burn down or anything? Yeah, yeah, it did. Oh, no. Yeah, they were living in Melton. Fuck, that Melton's a bit ironic. Jesus. Well, Melton, you know what? Melton, no one was living there at that time. It was just a brand new suburb. It would have been out in the fucking middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was. So this was a big acreage house. Wow. And the TV just went whack. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, a TV can catch on fire without you even watching it. Jesus. Were they home? In bed asleep. Fuck. What, and they just won't – they're not de- – they didn't die from that, did they? <laughs> no, 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 they oh, didn't. Oh, well, you said he no, had no, no, passed no, no. away. I didn't. He's passed away just recently. Oh, yeah, okay. All of right. cancer, but um, – yeah, no, it was scary because that was when we didn't have smoke detectors in these years. No, no. So you no. could have a house fire and you could be asleep and you wouldn't fucking know. You just burn to death, wake up in heaven. That's it. Fucking a hell. slice of fucking heaven. Yeah, and now, every, you know, every time you're cooking and you, you, and you burn something and your alarms go off, 
Remember why. Remember why you've got them. Don't, yeah. All right? So be exactly. grateful, everyone. <laughs> better, better than waking up in heaven. That's right. All right, beautiful. We might throw to an ad. We've got a special yeah. ad. The ad in itself is an event. I can't fucking wait. Oh, it's exciting. All right, enjoy. Have you noticed something happening, something going on around here? Have you noticed there's a feeling of something in the air? It's a feeling that keeps growing from the outback to the sea. It's a feeling that's true as Just like you and me. Yeah, Expo 88. Holy shit. Can you remember it? Yeah, I can. It was fucking huge for me, yeah, because... You're in New Brizzy, yeah. Well, I was in Cairns and I guess I always always had a really big sense that I was going to end up in the city and I had really no notion of the city. I had had been to Brisbane once as a little kid – but yep. in terms of the big, you know, and Brisbane really in the early 80s was a big country town, you know. Yeah, um, sure. Up until up until Expo 88, Expo 88 was when Brisbane became a city properly, you know, a big international city, um, a go-to destination. And, um, you know, if you don't know, they have like these expos around the world Every every two years? Was it every for sport years. or was it like a fucking – what was it for sport? Well, they have it around the world. They have it in a different country. I think it's every year. I think it's was fucking every year. The reason why we had it in 1988 is because Australia was turning – uh, in, in Australia in terms of European settlement was because obviously there's sort of Aboriginal history before that, but Australian Australia in terms of European settlement uh, was 200 years old, se- se- 1788 when the fucking uh, first settlers landed and all of that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It it was the 200 uh, 200th year anniversary, so that's right. why they were having it. I don't know why they had it in Brisbane and not in Sydney 
or Melbourne. I really don't know. Probably because the weather is so fucking fantastic and consistent in, in Brisbane. Yeah. Who knows? But it certainly put Brisbane on the map. Brisbane was just like a big country town before that. And I felt for sure that I was going. I felt yeah. for sure that I was going to go. It was like a huge big event. They were really on TV like fucking pumping it, like encouraging everybody to go, like join in, you know, this is our fucking, the, the, the spotlights on Australia and all of this shit. And I was f- as sure as fuck that, that dad was going to pull his wallet out and we were going to go. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, of course, because my dad was afraid of flying. Um, right. So we, we didn't go and I was fucking devastated. All of my brothers went. They all went because they were adults, you know, and it was like a big party. Fucking uh, I think the Queen came out to open it. I think she did. Charles and Di definitely did. Yes, the yeah. Queen did. The Queen did for sure. It was a yeah. huge – it was our bicentennial year, you know. Yeah. So – um, it was a fucking big deal. Uh, Bob Hawke was the Prime Minister at the time and uh, there was a monorail. There was a monorail <laughs> in, <laughs> in Brisbane to take everyone around Expo. Oh, it was very exciting. So was Expo like – because I don't know if I went or not. I can't remember. I've got a feeling I may have but I don't know. So Maybe all, it was something else. All different countries – would have exhibitions to kind of showcase their country. Okay, so it wasn't like fucking Tupperware in one corner and fucking no, the latest not, yogurt. Mo- no, it wasn't like a home show. It's not like the agricultural show that they have at fucking, you know, Flemington. Jo- uh, Jeff Shed. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like that. It was sort of... They, Glamour photography. It was It was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you go and get your family photos, Dad. Yeah. Um, it In was a competition. Like, <laughs> there were rides and shit and really good rides and stuff, but it was like, it was like an exhibition, you know, like it was like uh, countries used to showcase what was the best about their country in a, a kind of artistic installation. Uh, but ah. it, it, it was Australia's turn to host it. They have it. They have it every year, I I believe. So that was the last time we had it. Must have been fucking shit then. <laughs> if they have it every well, year. There's a lot of countries in the world. I think. Um. I think Paris had it when they had the Eiffel Tower. I think that's where the Eiffel Tower came from. Was they were having the. They were having the exhibition that year in Paris and so they built the Eiffel Tower as part of that. That was Paris like showing off to the world. Wow. And all we did was – fucking hated the Eiffel Tower. All we did was fucking Expo 88. Yeah, right. Well, we did build a lot of shit for it though, I think. We did. I mean that area in South South Bank in, um, in Brisbane is still pumping. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. So, Celebration uh, of a nation. nation. Give us a hand. Is that Rick Price, isn't it? Rick Price. So in the ad you just uh, heard, guys, it was Rick Price singing 
and the female singer was the chick from Euphoria. Remember Euphoria? They were a 90s band, very sort of controversial 90s band. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and she was the lead singer that wasn't shown in the video or something. Because she had curly brown hair and they wanted a straight-haired blonde up front. They wanted they, a, a slut, yeah. They not wanted a, a slut. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, the curly brown hair was a bit too 80s when the 90s came around. Well, the funny thing is in the 80s when you got a record deal, they started looking at someone else from 24. If you were yeah. 24, you were too old. You know, yes. it was always the way. Exactly, exactly. This chick had a fucking amazing voice. Um, yeah. Um, you know, eventually in Euphoria she did get sort of brought up front and stuff and everyone got to see her when they when they had a couple of hits and stuff. But, yeah, pretty shit. But she um, – look, Rick Price at the time – he had had he was a just few hits, hadn't he? No, I don't think he was out Not until yet? the 90s. Not yet. No, okay, he was cool. just a session singer. He was a session singer. And I think had, this would have been one of the first things he did, actually. Probably. It probably sort of launched both of them, to be yeah. honest. Um, yeah. Because it was a really big uh, campaign and it was a pretty high song for them. You know, it was a big sing for both of them, especially with the bloody key change in it. Yeah, um, no, they could sing. I used to love the ad. I'm not sure. You guys, please check it out in our notes. Features mm. such um, 80s personalities as Jenny Key, Bert Newton, Cliff Young, Rowena Wallace, Doug Mulray, Denise Drysdale. Drysdale. Uh, John English, Ken Doan, Jeannie Little, Ron Barassi and Debbie Newsom. Debbie Newsom. I remember all of them very clearly. Yeah. Australia loved regurgitating the same old people. Well, TV stars were like fucking TV stars, you know. Like they were stars, mate. They were like yeah. – it was a big deal to be on TV in the 80s in Australia. Absolutely. And um, Absolutely. When, when I went back and watched this ad – I looked on at the YouTube comments. Have ch- check out the YouTube comments as well when when you guys have a look. And one of them that was up st- up top kind of broke my heart. It right. said Australia was a better place then. Dot dot dot. And I'm 35. Not too what? long ago. Not too long ago. And the, you know they're basically saying it's not too long ago, and Australia was such a better place then. And they've—I don't know—I fucking tend to agree. <laughs> I tend to fucking agree. So if he's thirty-five, oh, that might have been a while back that he's put that there. He would have been a little kid. Yeah. See, this Baby. is what happens too. You ref- you reflect on things. If he's in that age group, he would have been fucking a little kid, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, you you think back on your childhood, and it's just all it's just all fucking you know glitter and tits and feathers. It's all fucking joy and laughter. Not sea so world much for and the fucking dream world. And yeah, exactly. You know, life did seem fucking better. Life does seem better when you're fucking kid. You're when not you're having little, to yeah. pay bills and, you know, because, you know, I'm thinking, what, 1988, um, you know, gays were probably still getting bashed. You, you pro- you, there would have been, you know, racism would have been rife, you know. It, so it wouldn't have been great for everyone but, I mean, I don't know. There, w- there was just something about the Australian character 
in the 80s, which was just so, so beautiful, you know. Um, and so I, I get what this guy is talking about. I absolutely understand. Well, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, Marilyn got bashed in 88, I think, little Marilyn in Sydney. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that was a big that was that was huge. Yeah, I'm I sure that was eighty eight. I didn't know that. Fuck. Yeah, so hell. you're right in saying that. They really like, you know, in Sydney, King's Cross, you were never safe. Fuck yeah. And I mean like dudes used to go out gay bashing and shit. Like groups yeah. of guys used to go out gay bashing. It was like yeah. like a like a sport. It's fucking awful. You know, yeah. like fucking terrible. I mean that kind of stuff still happens but like oh i mean not like it used to back in this time you know like yeah. in the in the 80s and 90s and stuff like fucking awful you know cuz oftentimes they would um the victims would end up in hospital or even fucking dead and the cops wouldn't even bother fucking investigating it because they were like on the side of the fucking perpetrators you know fucking prostitutes terrible. the same thing Exactly the same. Because the attitude the was time. like, um, the attitude was like, ah, they shouldn't even be doing it, you know, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Time wasters to the to the coppers. And um, my favourite song called Maxine by Sharon O'Neill is about that exact subject. Yeah, right. Where her friend works in King's Cross and she gets killed, and you know that um, she sees her friend in the morgue. With yeah. this tag on her foot, you know that's what that's about. Uh, uh, but I—that's very young, thirty-five though to say Australia was better then, because I think it was better even before then. Oh, it would have been even better, but not that yeah, he would. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not no, that he, he would remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, look, I have. Um, you know, I I equate the eighties with my childhood, so I've I've got very fond memories of the eighties. Like it just seems like, it just seems like the golden period of life. You know, I yeah, it, yeah. It just, I remember like, you know, I remember, <laughs> and it's you know, it's not not as it wasn't the most responsible decade. Like we were still sort of catching up. I remember fucking. Riding my bike in the streets with no helmet, and I remember riding in the car with no seatbelt because they hadn't been, they weren't mandatory yet. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I remember fucking like standing up in the car on the seat as mum and dad were driving, like so fucking, and then like going get down, you know, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know, so, right? You know, it just, we, I don't know, yeah, it was just a different time. It was just it a was different a bit, time. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. But no, I never, I never went to Expo 88. It didn't really interest me. They had some fucking, because I kicked up such a big stink because we didn't go, um, they had some kind of, I think it was called the Travelling Expo and it was when they realised that so many sort of regional, regional Australians um, you know, weren't going to be able to share in the experience. They sort of packed all the exhibitions or as many as they could up into big semis and it was like a travelling exhibition right around Australia and I went to that. I went and saw that and that was really special. I think that might have even happened the year after but it was like a showcase of – Expo 88. So, 
Um, I guess I kind of did share in a bit of the experience by seeing it uh, after the fact off the back of well, a it, fucking it truck. Could have, it could have possibly started a lot of the expos we see now, like the fucking bridal expo and the fucking sports, you know, like it sort of did start a lot of that cheap shit we see now where clients, clients would pay for a stall and sell their shit. You know, at the end yeah. of the day they were selling their country and we'd never seen that before. Like you now they're everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. On a and, smaller and scale but, you know. They'll even travel around the country with it like they'll have it in fucking Bendigo and Geelong and then they'll, oh, you know, yeah. th- then they'll go to another state and fucking do it there and they'll do Newcastle and Wollongong and, you know, they'll <laughs> at, while they're doing Sydney, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Bit like a Very tour. Funny. Bit like a tour. So I'm gonna add one now. Go for it, that baby. I didn't know. Remember, you gave us a list, and we looked at the list. I didn't really look at the list, and today I sat there and I went, <laughs> "What was the fucking biggest thing I remember?" And the biggest thing I remember was who shot Jr. Oh yeah, it was fucking huge. Do you remember it? Because that happened God, in 1980. Yeah. I was 10. Fuck. And I was watching Dallas with my mum. November 21st, 1980. Yep. Who shot JR? It was fucking huge. 350 million people watched it worldwide. And the only other show that blitzed that was the very, and I remember this as well, was the end of MASH. When MASH finished. Is this why they did it? Is this why Dallas did a big fucking cliffhanger episode because they were competing with ratings with MASH? No, no, MASH had already been finished. Right. So I think I think MASH had finished because that was really sad. I remember that. I remember because we all loved MASH. Like it yeah. was one of those shows that shouldn't have really been interesting, but your parents loved it. Like my yeah. dad loved MASH, you know, the funny little fucking army guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. With the fucking tra- there was a fucking transvestite in it. Like it was a show that was... There so was. great, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 it was so good for the parents because they used to sit there and watch it. But that was the only show that really competed against it because I remember Larry Hagman, who played Jr., yes. actually said the only other show was Mash, and I do remember that as well. So I looked at it today. Now the the, the thing about TV shows is you've got to remember, especially if you work on them, which we both have. Yep. There has to be a secret, and you cannot fucking tell anyone. So usually they shoot the thing so that no one on the cast knows it's going to happen because this was like the biggest secret in the world. That's right. They'll have a closed set, and they'll have they won't release the scripts until like the day of shooting and only the actors involved in that scene will be given the scripts and because people are loudmouths, you know, and they don't want to fucking, they don't want to deplete their ratings. Absolutely. Now, the way they did this was they made everyone shoot JR. So everyone on the cast had a go at shooting him. It didn't mean they shot him though. So this went, there was eight or nine members of the cast that it could have been. Yeah. And the only one that knew was Sue Allen, who was right. Sue Allen Ewing, his wife, because she had to go in and record the fact that um, 
one of the girls had killed, the sister-in-law of JR had killed him. So she recorded, so she was the only one that knew. But she oh. was really good friends with JR or um, Harry, like uh, Larry Hagman. <laughs> Lagman Harry. Larry Hagman. Uh, and I love Larry Hagman because we saw him in I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> is that there? Is, is it the other one? Is Harry Lagman? No, name? hang on. <laughs> Larry Hagman. I'm, I'm, you fucked me up now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Larry Hayman Island. Um, <laughs> Larry Hagman was in yeah. I Dream of Jeannie. So we'd already seen oh, him as a kid. Oh, of course. I was wondering yeah. what else he was in. Yeah. Well, he was he was the the, uh, the sergeant in that. He was uh, an attractive ha- older man, wasn't he? Yeah, look, he was. And he was just a really good actor. Because when you first saw him, I remember first seeing him in Dallas and – you know when someone's been in I Dream of Jeannie for years and then you see him in another show, you have to get your mindset around it? Well, this yeah. happened within 24 hours with JR. Like you Fuck. just knew he was JR. Uh, but Jay, what had happened is he – they need to finish the series. They filmed all the characters shooting him. No one knew who shot uh, him in the end. Then he moved to London because he wanted to make more money out of the show. He scared them and he said, I'm moving to London now because um, we've finished the series. But, of course, it just raided through the roof. So they were like, you can't go to London, we're going to make another show. And then, of course, everyone negotiated another fee. But when he went to London, he was so big he met the Queen. And the Queen asked him, so who shot J.R. Ewing? And he said to her, yes, this is how big the fucking thing was. So right? who did shoot JR? Exactly. You can't. And he said, I can't tell you that, not even you. Oh, you're because, kidding. Yes, that's a true story. So ah. he then came back to London. I was really surprised to see how close Sue Allen is a beautiful woman. Her name was um, Linda Gray, I think. Yeah, she Linda was in Gray. that Models Inc., remember, in the 90s. I loved Models Inc. Yeah. How good was Models Inc.? It was camp, wasn't it? It was camp and they they weren't models assholes. No. They were fucking very, yeah. It so should, the have funny been called, thing is, should have been called Fat Models Inc. or something. It should like, have been called Just Not Good Enough. Part-time Models Inc., you know. Well, not, good, not good enough to be full-time Models Inc., well, because I worked with Bill, the photographer, yeah. I used to scout chicks in nightclubs sometimes for him or he would find <laughs> chicks. And we'd bring him in and I'd go, oh, she's a bit model zinc, which that meant – That was – oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just not They're really bit, cutting it. Bit, bit fucking C-grade Bill, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit model zinc. He just wanted to bang him. That was um, smart of uh, Bill to recruit the biggest lesbian in Melbourne to – Go and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh mate! Go and suss Do you chicks believe out it? Fuck well, fucking it Bill used to be a bar guy at Chasers. He was oh, the bar did guy he really? at Chasers. Yeah, oh yeah. Before gosh. I worked there, so it's all very incestuous. Wow. Uh, but Dallas and who shot Jr. was the biggest event to happen in such. And this was really early in the eighties, like you said. Um, and it was it was uh, who she was Kristen, I think. Kristen Shepherd actually shot him, who played or Mary Crosby, right. sister-in-law. But Air France, Air France would 
when it happened and people were on planes and shit, yeah. they would alert the passengers when they were going over the Atlantic to who shot JR. Oh, bullshit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a phenomenon, you know. Oh, holy shit. It's a really big TV moment. We didn't get Dallas up north, so right. I do remember it being talked about in the magazines, but it really Huge. kind of wasn't real for us. It was like something that was happening over there, you know. Like it wasn't, yeah, we didn't. Oh, Maybe mum and dad were very funny with TV. They they kind of used to censor a lot of things uh, with us. Like uh, we weren't allowed to watch Knight Rider. We weren't allowed to watch The A-Team because it was violent, you know. Oh, really? Um, yeah, well, you know, we used to fucking, you know, stay over people's place and watch it. Um, yeah. or, or like sneak it, sneak down, watch the black and white. But, um, yeah, they were funny with TV. It was like kind of TV was going to fucking rot our brain or something, you know? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. It was but there like, was even T-shirts made up, Who Shot JR. Who Shot JR, yeah. yeah. I, I remember the shirts, yeah. I should yeah. get to see if I can find one on eBay for the band. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, look, we did talk uh, before we started rolling about this perhaps being a two-part episode. What do you yeah. reckon? What do you reckon? reckon? Because I've got fucking shitloads to talk about in terms of I events in the to. 80s. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Well, we've come up with uh, we've come up with another episode idea, which is uh, footy, footy in the 80s. Yep. Which uh, Maddie, Maddie will protest against uh, later, I'm sure. Um, and look, but look, we've got a Halloween special coming up as well, guys. Um, it'll probably be a little bit longer. It's going to be called Decade of Death. We're talking Woo-hoo! about all, yeah, all kinds of macabre shit that happened in the eighties. Um, you know, serial killers, deaths. Interesting shit to do with like, you know, a little bit darker and edgier stuff. So we've got that coming mm. up. Which will um, be next after week. We've, yeah, which will be next week. Well, and I after mean, we've yeah, done we'll that, week. we might come back um, immediately after and do the, the uh, part two of events of the 80s because, yeah, it takes you back, doesn't it? You know, it makes you think about oh, all, all the incredible. old shit, where you were incredible. and what you were doing. Incredible. And it's just good to be nostalgic and – and have a listen and you just go, yeah, remember that and remember JR and he was so big and, you know, yeah. just – and the thing is with TV shows, it was so much bigger when they ended. Like it was yeah. absolutely so much bigger. Now with social media, everyone sort of dampens that shit for you. Well, you you kind of like – you get all the info straight up. You get you get everything in one go, and then you're like, oh fucking whatever, and you've moved on to the next thing. So That's there wasn't right, like yeah. that. You weren't craving the details like you were back in the eighties, and 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 you know there wasn't that element of people passing the details on to each other. Like, oh, I heard this, and you know, so yeah, very different the way that sort of things spread and like. Thing you know, things like JR getting shot, they were. They were fucking a massive, massive event. It was it was absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. On the front I'm, front page of the paper and shit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We might finish by mentioning one more event. Yeah. Guys, guys out there, our lovely fans and listeners, we fucking love you all around the world. Uh 
1984, Sammy. Yeah. Advance Australia Fair became Australia's national anthem. In 1984. Oh. It was 1984, Fuck. as late as that. I was 14. So right up until fucking 1984, we were still singing God Save the Queen as our national anthem. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, No wonder yeah. I didn't know the Australian anthem that well. And look, I remember it because they was, we were still taught you know, and, and, you know, my school now does it, like my school where I teach now, they teach the kids Advance Australia Fair. They're, they're really big on kind of uh, celebrating Australian traditions and stuff at my school. Not, not all schools are like that, you know. Um, my school is. Uh, so we sing Advance Australia Fair. When in 1984, when I was in year one, <laughs> year one in 1984, we would sing... God Save the Queen and Advance Australia Fair. So we would right, do both. Yeah. We, and we would do it on alternate days. So one day we'd sing uh, um, God Save the Queen, which I could probably sing but I'm not going to, and Advance Australia Fair would be the following day. And we, we didn't know the fucking words. It's not like they'd, like, printed the words and gave them to us. You just learnt it by rote. You just learnt it by fucking everybody else singing it. Yeah. And well, so we used to sing, like, Australia's Full of Ostriches. Australia's Full of Ostriches. Ostriches. Yeah. Ostrogen. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Full of estrogen. Estrogen, I mean. <laughs> so... When you do a Jewish function, which spun me out the first time I saw it because I yeah. do Jewish weddings, I yeah. used to, they play Advance Australia Fair at their wedding. Do they? Yep. That's how patriot they are. Why? Because sort of Australia like um, took on all the it's Jewish refugees and stuff. The lucky country. They just love the country. Wow. Well, is it so true they'll do that for Australia? Um, and then is, for, uh, is it true Israel that it's like Australia is the largest sort of uh, the largest Jewish country community. outside of Jer- Jerusalem with the Jewish I think community? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Wow. But the, the see, I was around fourteen, so I was I couldn't be fucked learning at, at assemblies and shit. I was a very bad student, <laughs> and I'd just become fucking hormonal. I yeah. don't want to hear that shit. No. I want to hear the, you know, nut bush or whatever. You want to hear but fucking did, Prince. I want to hear something in my undies, you know, like <laughs> at that age. God. Um, so I got a job singing Advanced Australia Fair. Have I told you this? No, go for it. Okay. So when the Melbourne Storm came out to Australia and we had the first couple of Melbourne Storm games, I sang yep. the national anthem to start the game. Fuck off. Yeah. That's my yeah. dream, you bitch. Really? That's my oh. fucking dream is to sing fucking the Australian not national mine. anthem at something. Not mine. You And anyway, bitch. so I was dating a guy at the time who was a bit younger than me and he oh, yeah. What's was new? working in the hot dog stand in the caravan out front of the fucking venue, right? Yeah. So he, he drives me there, he goes to the hot dog stand and I go in to sing the national anthem, right? See, Bubba, I'm going to go and sing the, <laughs> the national anthem, Bubba. I'll just have this and then I'll go and sing it. That's right. 
the, so the levels of hot dog guy, chick opening the game was too much for him. He had to get rid of me because it was like oh. he felt like a failure. Right. You know, it was he felt like a total failure. Like a piece anyway, of shit. He did. And I wasn't like that, you know. I was like, oh, whatever, fucking relax. That's I always thought whatever. As long anyway, as he so can I stick went out, it in, you know. Now, so you go out in the middle of the field and you stand on a little stage and they asked me to provide my own file of the song right. that would suit my range because the only other one that was doing it was Julie Anthony, I think. Yes. Not Julie Anthony. Or was it From Julie Queensland. Anthony? She lived on the yes. Gold Coast, yeah. It was she her was only number fucking one. gig. She she um she fronted the the um what was the band that she fronted after Judith Durham? Uh, left. What was that band? The, oh, the, the Seekers. The, the Seekers. Did Judith, she? Judith Durham left the Seekers and um, Julie Anthony jumped in as the lead singer. That was her only other claim to fame apart from singing the fucking national anthem. They, they'd like pull her out of fucking mothballs every time there'd be like a major event to sing the national anthem and she'd charge them fucking thousands of dollars to do it. Well, that's right. So the pressure was on because she was the only one sort of doing it and it was like, you know, Julie Anthony's not here and she sings here and here and I'm like, dude, We've got I don't Sammy know. We've Hart on instead. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk out in my black evening gown and I've got blonde hair at this stage, like fully blonde hair. Oh. And I walk out in my evening gown and – I'm singing the national anthem and the guy behind the camera is sort of dancing and I'm looking at this guy going, why the fuck have you got a camera in your hand and why are you shooting me? It's, it just, I just felt embarrassed by it. Anyway, so I start singing it and there's someone in my ear going, don't forget Gert, don't forget Gert, don't forget Gert and I'm like, oh fucking, I'm God. fucking kill this prick. I looked around to my right and my whole head was on the fucking screen. Oh, my singing. God. Yeah, right. And I... Fucking shit myself. I went, oh, right, because no one told me it was going to end up on the fucking screen. And I sang it okay, it was fine. It was like 450 bucks in those days to do that. Yeah. But it was Melbourne Storm against St George and the Kiwis were like, you must be the aerobics chick. And I went, yeah, I'm going to fucking suck all your cocks and bounce ah! off your fucking dick. I was so, I was so upset with the players because they'd had a dig at me <laughs> and I gave it back to them. Oh, and they so they were like, they were like fucking trying to get a rise out of you. So you like went, yeah, get your cucks out. Nah. Did you fucking exactly. take them I, on? I, I fucking <laughs> took them on. There was about five of them. I actually, I think, I think it was the Melbourne Storm boys. I don't think it was St George because what oh. happened was they they lost and St. I George fucking won. felt really St George won. So ah. they never used me again. They never oh. used me again because it's a, they get very superstitious about it. Yeah, yeah. But the but the thing was, my boyfriend was in the hot dog stand. I don't think he was my boyfriend. I don't know what we were doing. Uh, and the levels of jobs sort of made it very clear that what I was doing was a lot bigger you than what he was doing. You were moving on up, baby. You were moving and on I up. And I didn't think that way at all but it was interesting in those years that men would sort of go, oh, I can't go out with her. She's too fucking full on, you know. Oh, he's probably 17 years old. 
You know, no, I never rooted anything <laughs> under seven. No, I always went over 18. <laughs> never. Never in a million oh, years. It's good to have standards, isn't it? It definitely well, is. Well, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's a bit of a story. Fuck, that's awesome. There we go. So I, I regretted not learning that at school, I tell you what. Oh, I bet, yeah, yeah, because if you get in there and you don't know the words, yeah, Australia is full of ostriches. That's what it is, guys. That's now, right. 1984, they did, they did like some kind of a, it wasn't like a referendum or anything, it was just like a, a vote. It, you know, it was like in the newspapers and stuff and people fucking wrote in letters, you know, like it was like an informal vote uh, because there were a few songs sort of put out there, like What Should Be Our National Anthem. Um, and it was right back in 74 that they did that vote and Australia, uh, Vance Australia Fair was voted as like number one favourite song that everyone wanted. Mm. Uh, but it wouldn't be for another 10 years that that song would be sort of instated as the the official national anthem. And mm. in that same year, 1984, what a year. 1984 would be the year that the green and the gold, green and gold would become Australia's official national colours. So, you know, when we went to the Olympics and all of that kind of shit, we were, we were green and gold. I remember that with Kathy Freeman. Oh no, baby! It was years before, years before <laughs> Kathy Freeman. You fucking idiot! Oh, how old's Kathy Freeman? Oh, she was in the fucking um, two thousand Olympics. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love her though. She would have been. Love it. She would have been a fucking dirty thought in her father's head <laughs> in fucking eighty four. I think. I don't know. She, oh, maybe, there you go. Maybe she Me was born. Sport. Who, who knows? Maybe yeah. <laughs> I think she's older than 84. I was 14. Right. So she would have been older than me. How old was she? I'd love know. to look at. I don't know, Bubba. How old were you in 2000? 30. Well, she was winning fucking Olympic gold. She I doubt was. She, I doubt she was 30. She she would have she would have been 20, you know, mid 20s at at Oh, wow. I guess, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, loved it. Yeah, I still love it. I loved it. her she, and Flo Jo. Flo Jo was good Flo as well. Jo was very 80s, wasn't she? I love Flo Jo. She was wow. my favourite. Remember she used to wear like, she used to dress like fucking Prince. She'd have like yeah, long, yeah. She, she'd, she'd have like one long leg and one short leg. She was leg, a rock star. And yeah. she'd have all the hair over one side and she'd have like fucking long nails and shit and she was a sprinter. Yes. I love that about her. What a fucking superstar. She was fucking awesome and I part of it, about you know. Her. That was fucking amazing. Well, I just, I loved the runners, but apart from anything else, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would have loved the male runners to watch all their junk sort of flopping around. Nah, I didn't. I can't. I couldn't tell you a male runner. Everyone remembers Matt Shervington, but that was <laughs> that wasn't in the eighties. They remember Matt Shervington for the junk fucking flopping around. Let me tell you, and he he was white. <laughs> Good on him. Imagine the black ones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, I only, I liked looking at the women's sport. I mean, I don't know any of the male, but I only remember some of the swimmers, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, beautiful. What a great first episode for our events in the 80s. What a lovely, lovely walk down memory lane. It took us a couple of goes to get there. It did. Let's hope this second one is a lot more successful than the first one. Which I'm you'll sure ne- it will be. you'll never hear because we didn't record it. <laughs> Absolutely, we fucking didn't record it, but it yeah. was really good. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope it's even better. <laughs> I think it was fucking great. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. Beautiful. Good on you guys. Thank you, Montages, for listening. Thank you for tuning in. As restrictions are eased here in Melbourne and things are opening up, it's very exciting. We're very positive. Thank you for your support all the way through COVID. This has really been like something really special for us. It's been, you know, because all of our gigs have been put on hold this year, you know. Absolutely. This has really, for Sammy and I, been like the cornerstone for our creative input, I guess. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, you know, especially when we're in bloody stage three and stage four lockdown and so forth um, and we could barely sort of leave the house, this was all we had to look forward to. So thank you so much for the support, guys. It, it really has meant a lot. Yeah, and just to speak about gigs – um, it looks like next year now that we will be gigging, but tickets are selling already for the wedge in sale on the 6th of March. It's a long weekend. So if you're in Melbourne and you want to go away for the weekend, head up to sale, buy yourself a ticket because it's going to be a ripper event. I mean, I think there's only 300 left or something, which is really right. good because it's Shit. still four or five months away. Yeah, yeah. But it's the wedge sale, and sale. Sale sounds, sale sounds like a, 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 a town where you can go shopping, you know. So maybe you could yeah. come up to sale and do some shopping. You could see a well, gig. Samuel, yes, you could. Well, Samuel bloody I tell you pull, what. pull you off in the alleyway behind the oh, gig. Oh, will I ever. The <laughs> hotels are cheap at the moment. The hotels yeah. are cheap because they're all begging. I mean, I want to do the rural areas because I want to sort of – I don't know what's going to help happen in Melbourne. I think they're going to get a bit tight. Yeah. And I really want to go out and, and actually support the areas like Sale. We're doing Albury in May. We're doing a lot of country gigs. Hopefully we can get out there. I'm yeah. sure we can. Yeah. Um, and I just think it'll be a better option and then every year we'll be able to go out there as a special treat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So like Australians, you are not going to be able to travel overseas for a very long time. No. Get out there, get out there and support your regional towns. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're going to be able to move freely very soon. You know, if we've done it tough in the cities, imagine what it's like in the regional areas for tourism. Get out there. Get out there and support these regional towns. See Australia. Uh, We're definitely going to do it. We're going to do some regional tours, as Sammy said. So, yeah, get amongst it, guys, and we'll see you in sale at the Wedge Theatre. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be doing some montage shows next year as well, I reckon. Oh, well, oh, oh, like live recordings. shows? Fuck yeah, yeah live mate. shows, yeah. Live, live shows? I'll be doing them in yeah. the fucking nude if I can. <laughs> Holy shit. Absolutely. It'll Come so down much and fun. see what we're made of, guys. We'll, be, we'll have a wig on but not much else, I'll tell you. That's <laughs> absolutely because we're all trimmed up from COVID. That's we right. haven't sat on our ass and ate peanut 
fucking brittle. No. We've actually been exercising. Exactly, exactly. Good on you guys. What an episode. Thank you very much. Now, guys, if you love the show, please like, share, review and rate us. Give us five stars. Write an awesome review. That's the best thing you can do on oh, iTunes. We need some reviews. Yeah, make it funny. Like, make a piss funny one. Like, fucking write a funny one, for fuck's sake. They don't have to be all... You don't have to blow sunshine up our ass all the time. No. Write a fucking funny one. <laughs> write a funny yeah. one. It'll make us laugh and we'll we'll mention it on the show. Good on you. And write in about the, the Van Halen, you know, tell us how you felt about that. On the and website, the80smontage.com. We're going to have a mailbag soon, which means people are going to be able to ask us questions and, you know, kind of like a mailbag where people – Say hi and and just anything. They well, yeah, say. we sh- we we can open up like a live chat, Sammy, and have people fucking write in their questions in real time. Yeah, you know? and we we Dolly answer it as it goes. Yeah, yes, that's right. With problems, my we can my help penis you. doesn't work. Yeah, my my dick's broken and stuff like that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, We'd we know a few of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've split my dick. <laughs> <laughs> my <sighs> testes have twisted when I went jogging. That's right. My asshole's bleeding again. Yeah. So I think mama, you, mama we'll, we'll be able to help you, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, good on you. So you can also check out uh, the 80smontage.com, the website, for all details, and that has all the links and stuff on there. It's got all the episodes and so forth. And mm. you can actually come on board as a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Imagine that. You're like a shareholder in a fucking awesome company. And for $10 a month, you will get extra episodes, which um, we love. We love doing the Patreon episodes. They're fucking hilarious because no rules apply. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. You think we're you. bad now. We're filthy on those. That's right. That's right because we're pissed and tired because we record That's them right. after the normal episodes. Mm. Good on you, crew. We love you, montages. Thanks for being very active on our social media and we will see you very soon for our Halloween special. Now, Sammy, yeah. what do we say? What do we say? If it's music mateys... Or cool, cool shit, shit from, from the, the 80s. 80s. We're going to talk about Unreal. Did you fucking record it this time or not? <laughs>